You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to the Nintendo Club Podcast. Joining me today is Aaron Rivera to discuss Nintendo's home consoles and how they've changed over the years. Welcome, Aaron. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good, Tim. I'm really excited to play Wonderful 101 as soon as we get done with this. <laughs> yeah, I see it sitting in, in, in the, the area behind you there in your, your, uh, your, I guess, library of games. Yeah, I just picked it up, but haven't had a chance to play it yet. So, Very cool. Um, where, where do you go to pick up your games, just out of curiosity? Well, I try to always go to uh, Best Buy uh, because yeah, I like the too. price matching. And I also don't really like to support a uh, certain very large game store that we all may know of. <laughs> but, but <laughs> Who sometimes, can that be? <laughs> sometimes I am kind of forced to do that. Uh, there's pre-order bonuses or or something like that. So. Yeah, I've got the uh, Ganondorf figure of Wind Waker coming from GameStop for 60 bucks plus their shipping charges, because, of course, you can't pick that up online if you order, or in-store yep. if you pick, order it online. Yep. So. Very cool. So uh, today's, uh, this is our, like, focus discussion that we do every week now. Uh, today we're doing home consoles. Uh, so focusing on Nintendo uh, and their evolution, we might discuss their competitors a little bit. But um, let's kick off with NES. Uh, last week we did controllers. Let's do the actual box this week. Uh, I believe you have one on hand here. Yeah, so here's the uh, NES. See, it looks very dated. However, it does look pretty similar to a, to a next-gen console. Hmm, the <laughs> Xbox uh, One. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it does. So uh, this is the NES. Um, so this was released in uh, 1985 in, in the U.S. I believe it was 1984 in Japan. It was called the Famicom. However, when they released it here in the United States, um, they changed the name to the Nintendo Entertainment System because video gaming had kind of tanked in the States a little bit um, after the crash of Atari yeah. uh, just, just a couple of years before. So well, I love the name, Nintendo Entertainment System, because uh, today we're, we're, we have an Xbox One coming out. And when I heard the name, it's like, why didn't you took a design cue from the uh, NES? Why didn't they take a naming uh, cue and call it the Xbox Entertainment System? Because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to do everything between video, audio, uh, TV, and gaming in their box. And it's more accurate to call it the Entertainment System, like Nintendo did, but back when Nintendo did it, it was just a gaming system, which is kind of uh, unusual, I'd say. Yeah, it was a little bit strange. However, I think it was a pretty smart move because, um, as we all know, these things sold pretty well. Um, kind of uh, <laughs> no competition back then. Really. <laughs> yeah, there was no competition, but it but it did come into the market at a time that not many people were uh, really wanting to buy these home home consoles. But Nintendo was able to get into the homes and, and really revive the market. So Yeah, they, they saved it pretty much. It was like yeah. on its deathbed, and Nintendo came in, hey, <laughs> let's try this out with actually uh, quality games instead of arcade games, so to speak. Yeah. So uh, let's so, take a look at the... Con- yeah, I was going to say, let's look at the box itself. Um, so, uh, yeah, basically, um, this is how, how the games would load um, in the front. You kind of flip up this flap here. And uh, I have a game here, Power Blade. It's always Power Blade, nice. Oh, this one's it's one yeah. of my favorite favorite games for the NES. I'm not sure why, <laughs> <laughs> but but it was always fun when I was a kid. Uh, basically, these would slide in here like so, and then you would push it down, and then uh, from there you push the power button, and uh, it, would, it would just work. So you know what I love? I love um, that that the game kind of hides away, even though it is a cartridge. With SNES yeah. and uh, N64, they're very visual. You had a game there. This yeah. one, I like the hiding away. Um, a bad point about that, though, is cartridges, if you just leave that same game in there for, like, five years, that's not good for the console or the cartridge, I believe, to just leave it plugged in all the time. Yeah, it's true. I, um, I do remember. I'm not sure what really caught. I don't know a whole lot about the cartridges themselves, but I do know... When I was a kid, I always liked to blow into them, you know, to get it to go or blow into the console itself. I'm not sure if that really <laughs> Black worked. voodoo magic, yes. Yeah. Not sure if it really worked, but we always did it anyway, so. Yeah. Uh, so in the front, you have a power button that would glow red. You have a reset button. Um, 
still not sure why you use the reset button. It's on most of the consoles. Yeah. The older ones. Yeah, not sure about that either. I think it's when you have a glitch and you need to reset it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, also, with the front, there's this flap. I heard of a lot of people having problems with this flap snapping and breaking. I never had any problems I with it. I never had any issues like that, no. Yeah. Um, however, I did clean the systems before. Um, actually, I did this yesterday, and I was reading online of the best way to clean. Someone said to use some rubbing alcohol. So, okay, that's a good idea. However, as you can see, it took off my Nintendo name. Oh, so I had name. had to reorder. Uh, apparently, there's a, a large stock of original flaps. So I, I ordered one <laughs> last night for just a few dollars. Now, is that so. in good working condition otherwise, though? It is in good working condition. Uh, works perfectly. So. so you also notice you have, it actually says one and two for the, the controller slots. Yep. And they just plug right in there. Um, yes. Let's do a side view now. Yeah, so we're on to the side. Now, was that side ever covered up, or were those always visible, that red and yellow? Um, these were always visible, so okay. they were never covered. Um, and yeah. Uh, so, yeah, mono audio. Mono, yeah. Um, and then around the back, we have the power, and we also have a, a spot for the RF switch, if you have an RF switch. <laughs> What's the white one for? Yeah, so that is for the RF switch. It is, okay. And yeah, it plugs in there. Um, and then next to the RF switch, you have a little toggle. You can switch between channel 3 and channel 4. For the uh, RF if, switch. Yeah, if you're using the RF So switch. it works through basically, is that like a cable antenna type situation? Yeah, um, I, I don't have it ready. But, yes, yeah, basically it plugs into your cable on, on the back of your TV. Now, now, when you're playing it at home, if you still do the day, you're using the yellow, I'd assume? Or? Yes, yes, I am. Because, so, like, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure how many people still have RF. Yeah. <laughs> well, my TV still has it. However, I just don't prefer to use it. Um, I always just, just use the AV cables whenever I can. So. so Yeah, I know some modifications have been made to this where they'll actually, uh, maybe on the Nintendo Mini or whatever, where it would do dual mono to kind of emulate stereo. Um, yeah. What's on the bottom of, of the NES? Yeah, so you look at the bottom. Um, basically, pretty pretty simple. Um, not much there. I have seen some that don't have this center spot. Yeah, uh, what is it, that It's kind of hollow, and I'm not really sure what it is at all. Um, it looks like it does remove, though. Oh, yeah, here we go. It, it removes. Maybe it's for cables to go through there, kind of hide them away. I'm not really sure what this is. Yeah, uh, so if you're looking in the video version, on the bottom of the NES... There's a plastic, you know, tab that can come out, um, and it's not like a battery thing. It's just kind of there. Uh, it comes out maybe hiding stuff. It's where you put your $100 bill, you know, to hide <laughs> it away. Yep. And a lot of warnings on the the bottom, too. Yeah, yeah. A lot um, of where is that call Nintendo hotline number? Is that on the oh, bottom as well? Take a look. Yes, it is. It's, it's right here. There's a customer service right there. And I've been told this number is still active, and I think it, you're calling Canada. They have, like, two people there that still work that that uh, game uh, counselor line. When you yeah. were a kid, did you ever call that line up? No, I never did. Um, I've heard a lot of talk of it recently, but I, I never looked that great into the details, never picked one, or never called it, so I never experienced that. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of want to do a call and record it just to see what they say. So I'm stuck yeah. on the first level of Mario. These uh, these these um, brown dudes, Goombas, keep running into me. What will they yeah. say? But uh, yeah, this console is uh, still pretty sleek. When you think about the the time period it came out, I'm sure this is pretty revolutionary. I mean. Still today, if there's there's consoles that kind of take after this look, it just it's rectangle iconic box. Look for sure. Yeah. Yeah, very iconic. As far as durability and longevity, people still use them today, but there were a few quirks as far as getting those pins, and yeah. some people had to replace those. But um, overall, it's pretty durable. It's I'd probably say not the most durable of consoles Nintendo's made, but it's it still works better than those red ringing uh, Xboxes. <laughs> yeah, um, I would like to say that this one has been through. Uh, little siblings getting a hold of it and things like that. And it has been dropped and it was, and this is the only damage done to it. That, that little Nick. So it's a little corner. chip. Yeah. 
but the system still works perfectly, still plays games perfectly. No other damage besides that one thing after uh, about 30 years. So Yeah, it's an interesting color thing they went after. It's like a tricolor gray, white, and black, yeah. and very square design because it's the easiest thing to, to, to ship probably. Yeah. Now, the Famicom, I've never owned one or really seen one. It's a disc-based system, if I understand correctly. Is that right? Um, I don't know a whole lot about the Famicom, but I do know that it did have a disc. Um, mm-hmm. so. Okay. Yeah. I, I've always yeah, wanted to just import one to see, you know, what, the, <laughs> what is that like, you know? Yeah. Um, I do know it was also much smaller than the, the console that we got here in the States. So. What's it? Okay. Uh, it's more expensive to build smaller things, and uh, the cartridges might add to the, the size as well. Um, we'll probably do, a, I think, a, just a show on the, the uh, media that games are stored, and that'd be a fun thing discussion yeah. to have. Um, and Nintendo also released a NES 101, also known as the NES Mini uh, by many people, which is pretty much a, uh, a SNES, but uh, done for the Nintendo hardware. Uh, we don't have any of those on hand. I'm, I will be buying one of these at some point just to have a uh, very interesting uh, device. But if you pull out your SNES, you can yeah. kind of see where they're headed. And uh, the Nintendo 101 was kind of a mid-step there. Yeah, so this is the uh, Super Nintendo console here. Um, so this is probably the console that visually degrades the easiest, I'd say, of all of Nintendo's hardware. It yeah. gets uh, really uh, beige uh, yeah, yeah, you can see right there on the video yep. stream. So this one will uh, fade pretty quickly in the sunlight versus the NES that visually doesn't really look that bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the Super Nintendo uh, top-loading cartridges here, it still has that little flat. Yep. Here, and, uh, this is 16-bit versus 8-bit, is that right? Yes, this is 16-bit. So, um, so you can have Super Metroid here. It just nice. uh, popped in there, and uh, then you have the power switch. It was actually a switch. You switch that up, and that would turn it on. Uh, there's still a reset switch here. Also, it kind of just goes up. And, this no. is this is the console that I never owned. I had a friend yeah. that owned a SNES or SNES, as some people call it, to my aggravation. <laughs> but um, yeah, I never owned this one. I, I dabbled in Mario World whenever I went to his house, but. Uh, so I never really had an attachment for any of the games on this console because I never owned one. Yeah. Um, did you? I take it you had one growing up as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I had one growing up, and I played it almost every day after school. Um, my parents bought it for me, and it came with uh, Super Mario World, and I played that thing, beat it 100%, and uh, and I just kept doing that for years. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this system a lot. Yeah, just like the NES has debuted for $199 in the States, they stuck that t- price tag until the Wii. Um, still sticks with two controller ports, as you can see yes. there. And um, on the back, is there much of note? Um, well, it still has the RF switch. Um, this oh, time, really? though, yeah, it still has the RF option. Um, however, it does, and then it still has that channel 3, 4 there, the the power input, and this time it has a port for AV cables. Uh, with, this port with, is brilliant, by the way. Yes. And they I, used this on SNES, N64, and GameCube, and I don't think the Wii. The Wii moved to something else. <laughs> yes, that's true. But but um, it's really, you can, you can use uh, from SNES all the way up through GameCube the same cable to hook up to your TV. So today, I can just, I, instead of having all these different cables, I can just yank one out and plug the other one in. Um, yeah. They also I, made the, the hotline very prominent on, on this Yeah, model. Yep, there's the hotline. Um, yeah, but I actually do that with, with my cords, switch them out, because uh, I it's much easier to go to the back of the system for me than get to my TV and switch them out every time. So Yeah. Yeah, um, I now go through a receiver, but before I did that, it was just yeah. like let me plug one in, one out. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a it's an iconic looking system. I'm not it sure. Uh, as we said, it degrades the fastest with the color. I'm not sure if there's any way to kind of prevent that from happening. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's any way. I've tried cleaning it. I don't know if there's any way of doing it. Um, do you see here? As I'm looking at it a little bit more, I never noticed it before. But on the bottom, there's also another little. 
tab comes out there for expansion add-on. Yes. Um, so I'm assuming that was going to be for the for the thing they were working with with uh, Sony, and uh, that ended up becoming the. Well, I wonder uh, if they ever used that for anything. Yeah, I'm not sure if they ever used it, but uh, I lost John. He would yeah. know, perhaps. Yeah, but uh, as we all know, um, Sony was working with Nintendo with the Super Nintendo to uh, come out with something that was possibly going to attach to this system. Like a disk drive sort um, of yes, thing. Yes, yeah, like a disk drive. And uh, But things did not go well. Nintendo ended up going with Panasonic, uh, partnering with them. <laughs> and that <laughs> and, turned out wonderful, <laughs> didn't it? Yeah. And uh, Sony decided to go on on their own and into home consoles with the PlayStation. So that's, yeah. that's what that came about. Yeah, the SNES, I think, uh, it's many people's favorite consoles ever in, in existence. It's... Uh, Either that or PS2. They're they're both for whatever reason rivaled as the best. Um, yeah. SNES, of course, is the kind of last generation of 2D games being to the forefront, and that's I think what made it such a great console. It was like the last burst of just creativity on that realm with the best hardware that can happen, and on the best controller, I think as well. Yes, I agree. Um, a couple things I'd like to point out about uh, about the. Uh, Super Nintendo and the yep. NES is that uh, these cartridges. Nintendo tried to not call these cartridges. Uh, as you see on the what back, they call them? <laughs> on the back it says Game Pack. Um, it says do not uh, remove the Game Pack or turn on the power. Um, pack spelled P A K. Yes. Yeah. Same with N sixty four. I'm looking at one. And I think that was an attempt to um, try to get in into the home console market because people weren't really. Um, wanting to have another cartridge-based um, home console. But they, they call these game packs instead of cartridges, and maybe some people kind of got tricked into thinking that they were different. But uh, <laughs> they're the same. Interesting. Um, Any other yeah. notes on the SNES before we move on? Uh, just one little funny thing is that uh, whenever my, my younger brother and I would be playing, we'd be upset with each other that one was taking too much time. We would uh, flip this up and say it was the uh, the death switch because the re- uh, the reset would not work until you let it go. <laughs> so, huh. so we would be like, "Hurry up! You only have this much time and, and let it go." So, little, funny little side note. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty annoying as a kid because like parents could just go up and like turn your power off or reset it pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, like, did you ever, as a kid, leave your console home all all day, turned on, and so you couldn't, like, save back then, so you had to do that, perhaps? Yes, sometimes. Um, I do have a... Well, I didn't do it that often, but but sometimes I would. However, one of my friends was playing Final Fantasy on the PlayStation 1 Mm -hmm. when when he had first got it. He did not buy a memory card, and so he left it on for... (laughs) I, I believe it was a little more than a hundred hours straight before he went and got a memory card, and he was always worried he was going to lose his save. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Oh boy. So before the SNES died off, uh, Nintendo did another thing. They made the SNES maybe 101. It was the mini, I think, officially. Um, similar thing they did with the NES, um, and this is kind of interesting. I, I never realized they made all these mini systems. I always thought the the Wii Mini was their first kind of shot at that, but no, this is a long, long history with Nintendo of doing these mini systems. Yeah. Um, just it was more elegant looking SNES. It was very, it was more curved. It had, mm-hmm. um, I, I think, some different. I think it was more durable, from what I understand. I'm not exactly sure on all that stuff, but yeah, I've never actually seen one in person. I've seen seen some photos, heard a little bit of talk about it, so I don't know a whole lot about. Yeah, we, I also get I also buy both of those <laughs> yeah. NES 101 and the SNES Mini, and that'd be a fun show. There's, you know, yeah. what the heck are these things? Because <laughs> I ne- I've never seen one in person. Yeah, and their controllers because they're a little bit different yeah. as well. Yeah. So um, next up, N sixty four. This yeah. is uh, this was my first con- console growing up as a kid, where I actually, kid, as a kid, bought it, and mm-hmm. um, it's an iconic console. Uh, it really is. It wasn't the biggest success, uh, competing with the PlayStation, as well as having to deal with the high 
cost for the games because you're having cartridges that some of those cost 80 bucks, 70 bucks, mm. uh, and CDs were much more easy to mass produce, I gather. Um, so on the console itself, Nintendo stuck with having a power switch, um, which clicks on and off, um, and a reset button, so no switch like SNES. Um, yeah. Visually, though, it's much different appearance. No more gray. That's out. It's all black with yep. some gray for the controller slots. Um, big changes here, though. You have four for four-player local multiplayer, and this was a huge thing. I mean, it, it was one of the selling features of the console. Uh, you know, four kids get home and play GoldenEye or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of my friends actually got these uh, for Christmas one year, the year it was released. And um, I would always go over to his house and we would play four players. We would play all kinds of games, uh, four players. And uh, I never got one until about three years after it was released, a little bit late in the cycle, because it was so expensive. I could not afford the console or any of the games. So yeah, it was tutor box just like the other ones, but the games yeah. were pricey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and as a kid, I remember we back then you could rent games from Blockbuster. That's such a weird notion that that, that's <laughs> a, that was the thing. Yeah. Um, yep. So a couple features of the console. Um, the front, there's that's an expansion pack for uh, added memory. I think up to four megs or two megs of memory. It's this red little, uh, red little um, expansion pack. And a lot of games required this or were greatly enhanced by it. Yep. Uh, the best example I can think of that is, oh crap, uh, sorry, I was melting, uh, I was smelling, smelling smoke because I, I had a uh, lampshade that was about to get burnt, so, oh. um, sorry about that, um, <laughs> the joys of trying to deal with lighting, um, but, um, so like episode one racer, it, it looks beautiful today because of that expansion slot. Even even today, so there are some games that really did nice work with that. Other games that did not. Uh, I, guess, yeah. I guess some games just don't hold up as well today. But um, yeah, um, I do remember Perfect Dark. I played that game a lot. Um, you had to have the expansion pack to even mm-hmm. play uh, multiplayer, um, and the game did not look very good whenever you did not have the expansion pack playing just the the uh, single player campaign. So. Yeah, it's uh, and, and then those I guess Goldeneye and Perfect Dark probably hold it the least today. When I try to play them today, it's like, I, yeah. oh my gosh, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, the mechanics are still fun. But um, so um, on the front, you have this uh, very cool logo embroidered in, in black. The whole console is very curvy, which um, emulates uh, the mini system. So both the yep. NES One Hundred One and SNES Mini were very curved, and this one continues that tradition. On the back, you continue to have the Nintendo hotline number and that same AV switch or uh, a cord. You can still use that one from SNES. And you have this po- big power brick that's stuck at the back. I don't have it because it's, uh, it's plugged into my home uh, receiver and I don't want to dig it out. But you have this massive kind of power brick that's stuck in the back there. And yeah. on the bottom, um, I'm looking at it now, there's some kind of expansion slot here. I'm not sure what it does. <laughs> I'm not sure either. It seems like that's kind of a, a staple for for these Nintendo consoles to always have some kind of expansion port on there. I'd imagine this is for <laughs> some kind of handheld connectivity. Um, another question for John, perhaps. Uh, I'm not sure if he ever got that kind of stuff for his. Um, but you had, you know, some basic uh, information about the console. It says, you know, N64 controller deck rated at 19 watts. Um, all this cool stuff. And uh, the cartridges, it, it very much, it's kind of like SNES top-loading. Um, these are some of my favorite cartridges in the world, except for the fact that they don't have the labels on there. Uh, th- this uh, is yes. custom labeling. So <laughs> if you buy N64 games, you just have a drawer full of gray uh, stuff on the top or blue or gold. Um, this is all. I had to add this after the fact. And I bought a whole set of them. But um, on NES and, and SNES, Nintendo did a great job about labeling the top of the, the game packs, which is yep. sadly not there with N64. <laughs> yeah, and, and also one of the things that was nice about these, these cartridges uh, is that they had done this previously, but you saw it a lot with the Nintendo 64, is that they would have different colored cartridges. So, so this is a Donkey Kong 64, and it's, and it's yellow. So, so that was nice. 
Yeah, you also had, um, like, uh, Ocarina, or Majora's Mask had this um, wonderful, like, I'm not sure what you call it. It's almost like a 3D effect. Uh, yeah. Golden cartridge, yeah. Yeah. So they did some cool things with that, and some collectors, like, tried tracking all these color variants because there were a couple that you could choose from there. Um, any other words on my favorite console of all time? <laughs> no, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun playing. I don't play it as much now. I don't think it, it holds out. Or maybe I'm just not not willing to kind of go back and give it a chance, but some games have do. a lot of, you really, really have games. to be, you have to pick out which games to, <laughs> to choose. Cause some do, yeah. some don't I think super Mario 64 still holds up quite nicely. Um, Diddy Kong racing's great. Um, the, the shooters aren't the best yeah. today, at least. Um, one of my favorites is rogue squadron and that, that game holds up remarkably well, even today, which amazes me. Yeah. So, uh, let's move on to uh, the GameCube. This is... I, I I never owned this one as a kid either, so this was another uh, first-time buy for me on the eBay store here uh, for the GameCube. And this is... A uh, device as a kid, I I didn't know what to think of it. It's like, what the heck? It's got a, it's got a handle. It's purple. Uh, this thing's not for me. I'm a teenager. I'm not, I'm not a little two-year-old. But as an adult, in retrospect, it's one of the best consoles Nintendo made. Yeah, I was super excited for this to come out uh, when I was younger. Uh, my mom actually went out and bought it for me on day one, and uh, I I played this thing a lot. <laughs> now, um, what games did you pick up at first for it? Um, I picked up uh, Metroid Prime. Um, mm-hmm. I also got... Um, Wind Waker on that, uh, Resident Evil, um, all the Resident Evils, actually. <laughs> um, I had Chibi-Robo. Um, I don't really know all of the, the the time periods for these, however, just some of the games that I had sure. uh, that I remember playing. So, so let's um, discuss the console itself as far as what's on it and stuff. Um, so on the top, um, you have... Three different buttons. One's a power button that clicks in and out. It'll be an orange kind of look when it's all turned on. You have a reset button. So Nintendo kept doing the reset button, even with the GameCube. Uh, and then you have an open button. This will open up top-loading uh, disk drive here for these mini DVD games, yep. which um, was another reason I thought, like, what the heck is Nintendo doing? <laughs> they don't even have full-size discs. What's going on here? Um, but this is one of the most reliable disk drives I think ever created an existence of the world. Like, uh, yes. Nintendo was new at this, so they like overspect this disk drive to never ever fail. Basically, <laughs> this is one yeah. of the most reliable consoles ever created in the existence of mankind. <laughs> yes, and I remember at the time the PlayStation Two was having a lot of problems with with their drives. A lot of my friends were were having to go out and and get theirs fixed, or or have to try to get a new system because they're having problems with it. But I never had a problem with. With my GameCube drive, so yeah, this is um, your device for the um, when when all things else fail, this will not fail. <laughs> um, so uh, it's got a handle on the back, which is very helpful if you're toting this thing around. And then the center of it is just a single AV uh, uh, port for your cable that works all the way from SNES all the way up through here. And for the first time, component cables are able to be used. I think N64 could use that to some degree. Um, they have a little power uh, slot as well, so um, all that's there. You have um, kind of the first time I guess for Nintendo is all the, all these uh, ventilation ports, um, very part of the visual style. On both sides, you have these uh, fans, I believe, are actually in here. Yep, there are fans, <laughs> and you can see the ports on the back of the holes. I mean, and on the back is all ven- ventilation, lots of ventilation on this machine. It is a really tiny package. It, it, like, yes. This is like one of the most... It probably is the smallest uh, debatable between the Wii U and Wii and stuff since those are mm-hmm. longer and stuff. But um, yeah, any, any thoughts on the GameCube here? Uh, one thing I notice about yours, a little bit different on, on the back, is that um, you have an AV. It's uh, just like analog, analog AV. Um, mine has a digital... And analog. Oh boy, look at that! <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Um, this is just. Uh, and go, zoom out a little bit more because yeah. mine is centered. So yours is still centered. You just have an additional well, port. Actually, it's not centered. Uh, 
the the port that you have on mine is not centered. Um, so my AV is right here, and the hmm. digital is right here. Now, what's the digital port? Is that for component? I believe it is for component. Uh, so I you're saying my, my GameCube <laughs> might not even work with component cables. Well, I'm not sure, but I actually, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so. That's bizarre. I bet another thing. I bet John would know what the heck. Yeah. Um, I didn't think they made revisions like that to this console. I guess they did. Yeah. I'm wondering if the if the Wii component cables uh, will fit this. I'll have to check. Well, that those out are later. big. I mean, you, <laughs> have you, don't you have like uh, the Wii cables? That, yes, that, I, the, yeah. They're huge as far as yeah. that connector. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. pretty interesting. And then the bottom. <laughs> On the bottom is like <laughs> this maze of different things you have here. So you have um, just the general information about the machine itself. Um, then let's open up all these different things. So first you have a high-speed port. So the first uh, Nintendo system to allow for Internet capabilities, which like two games utilized. You have a serial port 1 on the bottom here as well. So, serial port one, uh, I believe it's allowed for the Game Boy Player, if I'm correct. Yes, and I actually have that. Too. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's the uh, Game Boy Player, just really snapped in place. and, and uh, I love it. It's like, um, it's like stacking Mac Minis with different hard drives underneath. Yeah. It's like, perfect. And it had a couple screws that you had to screw in there, but... Uh, oh, really? So it's a permanent yeah. mount kind of thing? Yep. So there's a screw, oh, screws huh. there. Right so you there. could not use internet if you had this plugged in? No. If you wanted to use the internet, you would have to remove it. It's so. so bizarre that you have to screw it in. Um, what's the um, uh, port right there on the bottom? Um, so this was... Um, not sure. It looks kind of, Oh, yes. It was the port that was on the uh, Game Boy Advance itself. For charging uh, or uh, uh, for linking, I believe. Okay, so it's more yeah. of a like a wired controller type scenario. Um, well, I think it was for linking to uh, someone else's. Um, okay. Um, handheld, so that way you can play. Because like, the Game Boy Player itself has Game Boy games in it, you can just read right off of there. Yes. Do you have a game in there right now, or is it empty? Uh, it, it is empty. I could put a game in real quick. Um, I'll show. Uh, this is Castlevania Adventure. Uh, for the Game Boy. Wow, I've been seeing Game Boy cartridges <laughs> in ages. The original Game Boy, and basically, I mean, that kind of hung out a little bit more. Okay. Um, it did have this little switch on the side you could eject your game out with. You just push so you didn't that just out. yank it out. You had to use that switch. Well, you you could yank it out, but this was mainly put there for the Game Boy Advance games. Oh. Um, and put that in because those were a little bit smaller. You um, you could lift the console up and kind of get under there on that lip. Yeah, and pull it out. I gotcha. But you could also just hit this eject switch, made it this a lot like, easier. It's like the Vita TV back in 2002 or whatever. <laughs> yes. So on the bottom of the game, the GameCube itself, there's also another thing that pops out um, here, which is odd. So you had this main thing for the serial port one, but you also had this extra area that there's no port there. So I have no idea why they separate that out. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> So I, I I love all the different they thought ahead that you know very forward thinking as far as what this could do. Um, on the front, you continue with four controller ports. This is the last Nintendo console that actually had ports on it for controllers, <laughs> um, and you had four of them. It, it kind of has a nice curve out up front. And this is the one and only Nintendo console that actually required memory cards. The worst thing about this console and the most aggravating thing about gaming on the GameCube are, in my opinion, the memory cards. I think it was... I wish it was, like, internal memory that they could have done, but then you couldn't take your Animal Crossing village with you if you did that. But, um... So... You had two memory cards. uh, Memory cards here. And, um... They look like little Game Boy cartridges, almost. And, uh... You also had on the front ATI graphics. It's kind of very odd thing for them to be advertising ATI. Perhaps it's just a demonstration of its power. Perhaps. Yeah, I've I've noticed that they've continued that on since then. So they still do that with the yes. Wii and uh, Wii U. Yeah, well, I'm not sure about the Wii U. However, I do know it was on the Wii. So okay. Yeah, let me uh, put back my game GameCube now. You know, all these different things that come out of it. 
Um, it, it, I wish they did more with the expansion because it sounds like they could have done a lot more with all that. But um, this was again a, not a huge hit for Nintendo. Uh, yeah, and sixty four and this were not the best sellers. Yeah, I feel like it was pretty short lived. They only had a five year, five year lifespan. Uh, I kind of wish it would have been longer because um, I really enjoyed that console. So. Yeah, a lot of games though. Around eight hundred games, I think. In yes. Total. Um, anything else on the, on the GameCube? No. Cool. we got about 20 more minutes, and we're going to wrap it up with the Wii and the Wii U and the Wii Mini in there as well. <laughs> All right. Uh, so here is a Wii, um, the original Wii. And uh, it, the, the one piece I don't have with it is this, this little silver plastic stand um, that came with, with the, the Wii. I'm not sure if they kept doing it because I've seen many of them without it. However, when I got mine, it did have a stand, and it kind of slid in and kind of uh, kind of went sloped down. However, the console uh, kind of sat up like this, a little bit of a slope. Um, it's very it's, squarish still. They continue yes, doing square designs. Still, still very, very boxy. Um, this console was actually slot loading disc, and they actually went up to a full full disc size, full DVD size. Um, on the front, we have the uh, power button, um, reset button still, eject button. Um, one of the things I liked about this console is that um, it would it's it's very much like the Wii U, um, and you put put the game up here and it kind of sucks it in. Um, yeah. So I guess it's less reliable than than the top loading and more yeah. expensive to do it that way. Yeah, that's true. But I understand the appeal. Um, on on the top here. Um, they actually quit doing this. I'm not sure when, but uh, this has the GameCube backwards compatibility, so it has four controllers up top. That is awesome. Yeah. I, I, I was debating get buying a Wii, but it's like I'd only want one if I could find a GameCube one. You know, what's the failure rate on those really old Wiis? I don't know whose hands it came from first, you know. Yeah. And it also had the uh, memory card so over here on this side. You kind of flip this down. Put in two memory cards, just like the GameCube. Because so the Wii internal is basically a GameCube 2X or whatever it is. Yes. Um, and around on the back side, we have two USB ports. Um, and then we have the AV. And we also have a power. And then we also have the input for the sensor bar. Nice. So. And then you have a fan, of course, yeah. with this one. Now, USB, what was that used for with the Wii? Um, I used it for a couple things. Uh, Rock Band, um, some of their things, you would input a USB here, and then it would work wirelessly from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also had the uh, the microphone that came with Animal Crossing, um, and that plugged into USB. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the microphone was very strange. It was this little, uh, this little curved, um, looked like a speaker, more... Uh, had a microphone and it would sit on top of your sensor bar. Had little stickers on the bottom of it, and it was the width of the sensor bar. Sat there, looked a little bit strange. There was a bright blue light on it, but uh, it plugged in the USB. So <laughs> nice. So um, hold up the Wii again. Yes. So uh, most of these were white. Uh, was was black available at launch? Do you remember? No, the black was not available at launch. It was only white. Okay. So. And then. Let's see what else about it. Uh, just the shape of it's very odd looking to me. It's not a perfect <laughs> square. It's like I, I'd say it's probably the most unappealing visually of all the Nintendo consoles just to look at. Yeah, I think it is when you look at it just plain. However, I really enjoyed having it inside that uh, the little holder. I wish that I had that here. Yeah, the sand's so. rather nice. Yeah. So. And the the buttons just kind of stick out. It's. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's just I, I've never owned a Wii. I, I owned uh, I owned a Wii U. I owned an N sixty four back in the day, and uh, skipped out on this on the Wii. But um, iconic. I mean, this thing sold over a hundred million units. I'm not sure how that compares to NES, um, but I think it's Nintendo's most popular home console of all time. I, yes, I believe it was very popular. Um, it was hard for me to get a hold of of this console um and i was on a wait list for a very long time <laughs> yes they debuted for so. 249 and sold like hotcakes this was a hot ebay item as well i'm sure back in the day yeah uh one thing i really liked about 
about the Wii games. It came this white case, not really a big deal. However, uh, I just always like having it. It just kind of stood out on, on your shelf. And then you had, yeah. like, New Super Mario Brothers uh, Wii that came in a red <laughs> case, apparently. Yes, I actually have that here. Um, Which I did get a red case when I bought mine a couple <laughs> days ago. Yeah, it's the red case. It's a little bit different. That's kind of nice. Can I can I have that, that case? Here's mine, you know. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to hold on to this one. <laughs> <laughs> so let me see the front. Does the Wii yeah. emblem shine, too? Yeah, the Wii emblem yeah, shine. Yeah, it's a little bit silver. So. Yeah. Very cool. But, yeah, so... Um, we now have normal size discs with the Wii, not the really, really tiny stuff um, that we have with the GameCube. Yep. Um, so, and they as and the Wii U has very rounded edges discs that feel great in your hand, as John pointed out last. Yeah. Week, so. Um, and also, all of these um, since the GameCube have been made by Panasonic, so that's that's where the partnership is going. So. So uh, before leaving the Wii. There's a thing called a Wii Mini, and it's an odd little device. It really is. Um, I, I, it's still in the box. I tried to open it up before, but it's like, um, I don't want to do that. I want to keep this new in box and uh, not unwrap it for just this doing this show. Um, but I will discuss it a little bit here. This was a Canada exclusive at first, debuting for, I think, 129 or 100 something like that. Um, basically, the price of a 2DS, um, um, and then it's a top-loading system. So this top part here pops up. There's this little uh, button here uh, to pop it up, and it plays just Wii games. Outputs, n- no component output, just composite output. No internet, no, nothing, nothing silly like that. Who would want the internet? Um, this is basically think of it as a GameCube. But for Wii, so top loading once again, it's like that same kind of square shape, but just as flat as it could be, and chipped with this lovely red border around it and red Wii controller. And I picked this up because it seems like they're not selling any of these really. Because who would? Because I can buy for $129 a regular Wii with Wii Sports Resort included. This doesn't include any games. So this is a device for nobody, I think. I mean, um, yeah, um, I've never seen one of those around. I was pretty surprised to to even know that they were around. They um, are Canada exclusive <laughs> in Europe, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. I it's really not for me. However, I could see how how someone might want that. They just want to play the games. Um, I enjoyed my Wii because of uh, Virtual Console a lot, so, mm-hmm. so that would not work for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought it for the collector's sake of me because honestly, I I've got a Wii U. I don't need a, a Wii Mini or a Wii. So yeah, um, yeah, I got this imported off of eBay for like one twenty nine and brand new, and I'm I, quite happy with the purchase. It's a beautiful looking box. <laughs> yeah, I I do like that it actually came in red. Um, I'm not sure if they made any Wii's red, but. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, it's just a striking design. It's kind of cool. So that's the Wii Mini. Uh, the last console in the lineup is, of course, the Wii U. Mine is sitting over there. Did you unplug yours by any chance, sir? Um, I can reach back and grab it real quick. Okay, yeah, I didn't want to deal with all the cords and crap for mine. Um, so, lovely big box. The U on the back of the box here. Uh, but this is much more elegant and refined uh, hardware from the original Wii. The Wii was... Very squarish and stuff like this. This is a return to N64 elegance as far as the curves. Uh, Aaron is holding up on the video feed here. But um, this is the first true console, I guess. The Wii had some controller ports. No controller ports now because uh, backwards compatibility to the Wii, which is all wireless now. So that really does help Nintendo cut down costs there. So um, what, what do you want to yeah. say about the, the Wii U? Um, well, we did that um, show... Um, really talked about the Wii. You can check it out on uh, Tim's YouTube channel. Um, and we really go in-depth about the Wii U. So um, let's kind of talk a little bit about the, the front here. I mean, it has the, the two USB ports again. Kind For of hard drives behind. this time, though. Yes. Yeah. yeah, kind of hidden behind this little flap. And there's two um, ports in the back, I believe, as well. So you could potentially have four hard drives hooked up to this yeah. bad boy. Um, this console had HDMI on the back. For a HD. first for Nintendo. Yep, it's also first. And you um, can use your Wii 
component or composite cables. That same port is there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe it had the same power as, as the Wii as well. Okay. Same sensor bar uh, yep. hook in as well. Yes. Uh, this is such a much more elegant design from the Wii. The Wii was just very blocky. This is all yeah. curves, a little bit longer. Um, yeah, it's really sleek. I like uh, the black. Black. Just really nice sitting on your shelf. Um, but, and, and there was a white version. Mm-hmm. John has one of those limited edition <laughs> Wii U basics. <laughs> yep, limited edition. Yeah. I, I, I do remember when I was first thinking about getting the Wii U, um, I kind of wanted the white. I just kind of thought it looked nice. Uh, but when I went to go pick it up, they were like, we no longer sell the white anymore. So I went ahead and got this one. <laughs> yeah, you do get the Lux Digital Promotion, which is fantastic. Yes. 10% back, yeah, which I've gotten like 15 bucks back already. Um, so there is a sync button there, so you can sync up mm-hmm. your controllers that way. And uh, same way as the Wii U, as far with the Wii, as far as the disc loading there. And uh, it's a really nice console. I'm, I'm, I use it today. It's my main console, and, and it's fantastic. Um, yes. What, anything else about the, the Wii U? Um, also, this one came with a stand. The little stands on the front, yep. you can kind of see. So, you use it with a stand because I do. Yes, I, I do um, because I have all of my consoles kind of lined up, and, and it just kind of saves space. So. Yeah, very small footprint <laughs> that way. Um, this uh, this console has an SD card slot, which you can use for Animal Crossing, uh, transferring data that way. Um, it also is able to be used, I think, for storage. Even you can actually put like a 32 gig card in there and store games that way. So, yes. So um, that's that. That's Nintendo's home console evolution. Any any final words before we end this uh, show today? Um, no. I mean, I think it's really interesting to kind of see where where Nintendo came from. Um, seeing the the leap, it there really is a a large jump between each of their home consoles. I don't think you really see that as much with any other any other console maker. Um, they do make steps, but, but never take chances as Nintendo does. I think that really pays off for them, uh, pays off for the consumer as well, um, because you know that you're going to be getting a new experience every time, and mm-hmm. it's, it's really yeah. fun. So. NES to SNES, you had the leap in graphics. Uh, that was probably the biggest leap back then, is that correct? Yes, yes, it was. And then SNES to N64, uh, you had the leap in four-person player, uh, 3D gaming, you had rumble packs, you had um, all, uh, that was a huge leap. Uh, not the, maybe the biggest, I don't know. Um, then we went to GameCube, huge graphics leap there. Um, I guess graphics was the killing, the killer feature of that, to better controller, that kind of stuff. Um, I think that's a GameCube graphics was king. Is that correct? It, yes. Um, yeah, it was more powerful than the PlayStation at the time. Um, I'm not really sure why it really didn't take hold as as well as the PlayStation did. Uh, but yeah, they really focus on on the power for for that console. Yep. And then for Wii, they it was all motion. Uh, it's still SD, but it was better looking than the GameCube. And Nintendo made some fantastic-looking games, Super Mario Galaxy 1 and 2 being some of those, uh, that look HD, even on an SD console. Um, but it was all about the motion game, the, the intuitive uh, gameplay, the, the new fancy controllers that uh, are quite unique. Um, and then for Wii U, it was all about, this is HD now, everything looks beautiful, you had the gamepad. And you know, dual screen gaming is now a thing for home consoles. So each each step was pretty pretty big, and you know they redesigned uh, the look and feel of a lot of the, what they've been doing over the years. Uh, Wii to Wii U was probably, I guess, similar to Nintendo to and uh, Super Nintendo yeah. as far as the leap there, as far as um, um, c- controllers that kind of I don't know. It was I guess the most similar, but I guess uh, we use oh, and looking back, probably a bigger jump than. We give it credit for. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's Nintendo's home console evolution. Uh, we might discuss their competitors at a future show, but uh, this has been <laughs> 15 minutes already, so uh, we've been diving into this for a while now. Uh, any, any final words before we leave the show for today? Nope. Okay, for <laughs> next week, 
what are we going to do for next week? Do you have ideas? Uh, it's kind of- uh, there's so many things we can talk about. Uh, maybe we could leave it up to some listeners to maybe suggest something they want to hear. Yeah, but let's see. Let's let's just think of something. Um, okay. Let's let's play the original Mario Brothers. All right. And just discuss the original Mario Brothers for a good while. Sounds good. Are you up for that? Yeah. Okay, that's for next week's show, Original Mario Brothers. Um, it is now on uh, European Virtual <laughs> Console, but not on USA. If you have a 3DS, it's on that, and we'll be uh, discussing that for next week. So um, till then, Aaron, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Meverse, uh, Instagram, uh, at ALRivera058. Um, also on YouTube, I'm going to be trying to show off... Uh, some some of my collection of games. So. Okay, Doing that very this cool. week. And uh, for me, I am T-C-H-A-T-E-N, pretty much everywhere. YouTube, where you can uh, find this live broadcast every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, I also have Twitter, uh, Meverse, Instagram, that kind of stuff. And um, tune in if you're on the live stream at uh, 9 o'clock, 7 minutes from now. Me and John will be discussing... Uh, a lot of stuff. So, a lot of stuff the Nintendo World's going on. So, um, thank you, Aaron, for your time tonight. And I'll be ending the broadcast right now. And I'll talk to you again. Right. We'll see. All right. See ya. Ever think about becoming a podcaster? Thinking, wow, you know, that's probably way too hard. Well, we have a solution. The Stoplight Network is looking for brand new shows to join the network. Won't cost you a dime. In fact, you might actually make some money off of it. So, if you've always wanted to podcast, and it seemed way too daunting, drop me a line. My name is Tim Robertson. I am the host of TechFan. I started the MyMac Podcasting at the dawn of podcasting, and I can help you get your podcast up and running. Simply send an email to Tim, that's T-I-M, at MyMac, M-Y-M-A-C, dot com. Tim at MyMac.com. Let's get your show ready for primetime. time.